Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joe Holcraft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 103.9 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Friday evening where we are set to conclude our study on intercessory prayer. And as we wrap up our 10-month 36-program study on responding to the question, uh, can you pray for me, we do so with one final reflection into a saint that I believe has great relevance to our reflection on intercessory prayer. But before we jump into that discussion, our discussion on that saint, I was asked, I thought a pretty important question. Is there a patron saint for intercessory prayer? All this time, I've never really talked about that. And the answer to that question, interestingly enough, is no. Uh, Why? Well, let us first recount who the saints are. They are the sancti of God, the holy persons of God, the holy ones of God who now share in the eternal intercession of God. What do we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1? That we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us on, uh, interceding for us. Who are these witnesses but the saints, the sancti, the holy ones of God? My dear friends, our lives are but a drama, a narrative playing out on the stage of life, and the saints are cheering us on, interceding on our behalf. Now, every saint in his own right is a patron saint for intercession, but as they are, their intercession has a particularity to uh, their intercession. What do I mean by that? So, While we don't necessarily talk about one saint as the patron saint of intercessory prayer, typically there is something unique to that saint that has us calling upon them. Uh, What do I mean? Well, I I think there is a point inside of this discussion that becomes widely important to answering the larger question and what we're after here. My friends, as we speak to the saints and speak to holiness, we ought to be reminded that holiness is like a sculpture. I've talked about it within this context before. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci defines sculpture as what but the art of removing. Hmm? You see, all the other arts consist of what but in adding something to something. Color to a canvas and painting, stone on stone in architecture, note after note in music, something being added onto something. Only sculpture, my friends, consists of what but removing of taking away the pieces of marble that are in excess so that the figure can emerge that one has in mind. Christian perfection is also obtained like this by removing and making useless pieces fall off, namely desires, ambitions, projects, carnal tendencies that disperse us and do not let us finish anything. Uh, This story has been shared from the life of Michelangelo. One day, while walking through a garden in Florence, 
he saw a block of marble in a corner protruding from the earth, half covered by grass and mud. He stopped suddenly, as if he had seen someone, and turning to his friends who were with him, he exclaimed, An angel is imprisoned in that marble. I must get him out. And what does he do? Well, armed with a chisel, he begins to work on that block until the figure of a beautiful angel emerged. You know, God also looks at us and sees us this way as shapeless blocks of stone. And then he says to himself, my friends, therein is hidden a new and beautiful creature that waits to come out to the light. More than that, the image of my own son, Jesus Christ, who is hidden within, I want to bring him out. Brothers and sisters, the saints are those souls who became who they were called to be, actualized, if you will. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. And it is in allowing God into those areas of our life that we begin the process of becoming holy. God says to each and every one of us, I have a plan for you that has been earmarked from the beginning of time that is unrepeatable, that no one else can repeat. You have a color to add to the rainbow, the infinite colored rainbow in the infinite mind of God. Now, each saint is known for something because as they became who they were called to be, right, allowing Jesus to burst forth within them, their unique gift, their unique charism, and in some cases their unique action was brought into a brilliant light, the light of Christ. And as it was, the church has seen fit to take this particular gift, charism, or important action, and ultimately make that saint the patron of that gift, charism, or important action taken. What do I mean here? What am I getting at? Well, let us consider St. Maximilian Colby. Remember who he was. We have talked about him in great detail. St. Maximilian Colby pioneered radio and technology for the cause of the new evangelization. Guess what? He is the patron saint of radio operators. This is why we have devoted Seeds of Truth Radio to his intercession. Huh? He is also the patron saint of political prisoners. Why? Because he was sent to Auschwitz for his quote-unquote political stance. And while he is the patron saint of many other things, we can begin to see what the church is doing. Gift, charism, action. What's the action? What else is he the patron saint of? Well, our difficult age, because he surrendered himself to God and the ultimate act of heroic love by laying his life down for other. And in this difficult age, we turn to St. Maximilian Kolbe to learn the language of what it means to lay our lives down for other. Even someone we don't even know. As Father Maximilian Kolbe now, which did not know Francis Gajovnicek, so, again, I highlight this because we can see and, and hopefully now appreciate what we're after here as it relates to 
being an intercessor and a patron saint for something. St. Maximilian Kolbe is the patron saint of many things. But all those things within the many are tied to who he was here on earth. All right. That being said, as we make our last points to our time together on this topic, we do so in the light of a very important saint to our discussion on intercessory prayer, St. Kateri Tekawitha, the first Native American Indian to be declared a saint. I love that. Delia Tekawitha, Delia being her birth name, was born in 1656 to, interestingly enough, my friends, a Catholic Algonquin woman who married the clan's Mohawk chief in, I think, what is uh, today's upstate New York. If you look at her bio at the tender age of four, she lost her entire family to a smallpox breakout and was adopted soon thereafter by her uncle, who also became a chief, the new chief of the Mohawk clan after, she, after her uh, father had died. Now, Delia's early years were marked by embarrassment and really we could say the struggle to find her identity as a woman who lost her family. I just spoke to smallpox and the death of her family. The smallpox breakout in her village left her permanently scarred on the face. And as people talk about her, it's often tied to her face being covered with a blanket. If you see a picture of St. Kateri, there's a scar on her face. Most pictures have that scar on her face, at least. Now, also, Kateri had to navigate her adopted parents' desire to have her marriage arranged. And I think this is a very important moment in her life. She did not want this. And at the age of 20 in 1676, indeed, she would discover the identity she was destined for. Because in 1676, the fate of Delia's life took a dramatic turn when she was baptized in private by a Jesuit missionary into the Catholic faith. As a part of her newly discovered identity in Christ, she took the name of Welkateri, which of course is Mohawk for St. Catherine, you can hear it. Kateri, Catherine. I say of course, you're like, what do you mean of course? I don't know Mohawk, who knows Mohawk? But you can hear Catherine, Kateri, huh? Now Kateri spent many hours reflecting on the meaning and impact of, of her being clothed in the garment of Christ. This would lead her to existing for other in the latter days of her life. All that she did, she began to see her relationship with other in light of her relationship with God. Now, becoming a Catholic was cause for more ridicule and persecution from her local village. Under the spiritual direction of the local missionary priest, she was encouraged to flee up into Canada. And she followed his guidance and, and trekked 200 miles at St. Francis Xavier Mission along the St. Lawrence River. There she took private vows to virginity and devoted the final four years of her life to prayer, service to the poor, and teaching her local clan the way of Jesus Christ. She brought many Mohawk Indians to the Catholic faith. Kateri's time, my friends, just outside Montreal, was noticeably marked by her deep devotion to Jesus Christ and the Blessed Sacrament. She had chiefs for her biological and adopted fathers, but it was the chieftain, we could say, Jesus Christ, who held her soul captive. 
she received our Lord in the Eucharist every day. Ultimately, Kateri's love for Jesus Christ in the Eucharist led her to the place of profound intercessory prayer, where she would offer many fasts for the conversion of her fellow Mohawk people. On occasion, she would even dole the food she ate as an offering of love for the Mohawk nation. The more she prayed, the more she lived the fruits of the Eucharist, we could say. She began to see that, that praying for the souls who persecuted her was a sharing in the mystery of the cross. Again, hers was a piety that existed for others. Kateri died on April 17, 1680, at the tender young age of 24. A French priest by the name of Father Pierre Cholonet witnessed something extraordinary at her deathbed. He writes, Her face, so disfigured and so swarthy in life, suddenly changed about 15 minutes after her death and in an instant became so beautiful and so fair that just as soon as I saw it, I let out a yell. I was so astonished. And I sent for the priest who was working at the repository for the Holy Thursday service. At the news of this prodigy, he came running along with some people who were with him. We then had the time to contemplate this marvel right up to the time of her burial. I frankly admit that my first thought at the, the time was that Catherine could well have entered heaven at that moment and that she had, as a preview, already received in her virginal body a small indication of the glory of which her soul had taken possession in heaven. The news, my friends, of the scars disappearing from Kateri's face spread like wildfire. And even after her death, the radiance of Christ's light in Kateri would draw the people she loved out from the darkness of sin. Indeed, Kateri was taken to heaven where she would become a powerful intercessor for the people of God. Known as the Lily of the Mohawk people, Kateri Tekawitha was beatified in 1980 by Pope John Paul II and canonized in 2012 by Pope Benedict XVI. Incidentally, my friends, St. Kateri is patron saint. We were talking about patrons earlier, right? Patron saint for people who are ridiculed for their piety. I think we would be well served to call upon her intercession. If we ever find ourselves exiled for pursuing holiness and praying for others in a world that downplays the power of intercessory prayer. As a Native American Indian, Kateri's name often comes up when the calendar hits Thanksgiving Day. Rightfully so. Good history books have it right when they portray Native American Indians feasting with European settlers culminating in the Mass. When we go on bended knee in Mass to pray for the souls who have entrusted their requests to us, we would be well served to recommend those petitions to the prayers of St. Kateri Tekawitha, for hers was a life that was devoted to others in prayer. Amen. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.